1: Today's episode is brought to you by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. You can start your own free 21-day trial over at Checkfront.com. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran, Shane Whaley, will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, please welcome your host, Shane. Welcome to Tourpreneur at Arrival, presented by Checkfront. We're joined by... Arno Azule, How are you, Arno? I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. What is the name of your tour? Uh, we run Babylon
0: Tours. Babylon Tours. And uh, how many tours do you run? We have almost 10 cities. We'll be having 10 by the end of the year. And uh, between 10 to 20 tours in each city, depending okay. on how far along they are. Wow. And when do you guys get started? Oh, 2003 Really, I started running my own tours unofficially as Babylon came later. But 2013, I started doing my own Louvre museum tours, right? And then formed officially Babylon in 2014.
1: Great. So, how did you get started out in tours?
0: So, I was actually a, uh, a free walking tour guide for Sandman's New Europe in oh, yeah. Paris. Yeah, uh, I lived in Paris six years, so I started giving tours with them, and then uh, slowly got interested more and more in giving tours and a little bit more ambitious perhaps than a lot of the guys and thought, you know, is there a future here? And because a lot of my background is in art, art and music, but I thought um, a lot of these people kind of are very overwhelmed by the museums and they don't yes. know how to approach it. A lot of the questions I would get would be not just how to get in, but when we get there, what do we do, make the most of our time? And so I just, just kind of tried to figure out the best way to maybe create my own tour of that. And I would start by just taking guests for my free tour and just say, hey, uh, pay for your entry and uh, I'll take you on a tour and if at the end you like it just leave me a review Yeah, and that would be great and so I thought I'd maybe build something like that so it ended up being really successful and uh, I think I climbed to the top 10 on TripAdvisor within I don't know maybe four or five months yeah just from that and uh, then I realized not am I just that high on TripAdvisor but I'm also the number one museum tour and so I started adding the Orsay Museum and I think the big Uh, Sales pitch to get to working with OTAs, which is where we really became very serious. Yeah, is that I said well if I can combine it with the Orsay, the two most famous museums in Paris Maybe on earth and make it one afternoon one after the other lunch break in the middle Uh, we called it the museum hop and uh, That became super successful and after months of pushing maybe about three months I was able to successfully at that time sell it to Viator now TripAdvisor. So how long did it take to get working with Viator? It was a lot of emails and a lot of, you know, I'm selling myself as yeah. one guide and not, you know, a company really formed fully formed, but I was very, very <laughs> motivated and, and pushy. And I went through a lot of people in different emails and finally, I, you know, they couldn't deny the, the success of the tours and the reviews were stellar. So in the end I'm like, look, what do you have to lose? And the second they accepted and added it and we got it on fairly quickly, um, I remember I was on a vacation with my wife. And all of a sudden, these emails just started coming in. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is this is something going to be big. Fantastic. And we started getting serious. And with the help of my partner, uh, Dario, we took it on a different level. We made our own kind of uh, website, which at the time was very, <laughs> what the word, very amateur. Yeah. But, you know, it was something. Yeah. And uh, we get some online bookings, but TripAdvisor really, uh, or Vyazor rather than, really kind of set us in a good direction to get very serious, hire other guides, perfect... Uh, the tours and experiences. Sure. What do you
1: find the most rewarding aspect about being a tourpreneur, about running your own tours? What's the most rewarding aspect?
0: Rewarding is uh, really when I meet with my guides and I see how they love working with us um, because they're all freelance, so they can tell us how it is with everyone else. It feels good to talk to them and see how happy they are and making them happy and listening to their concerns or stories. Yeah. And uh, so we just came off a trip visiting a lot of our guides because, you know, we're all over and i work completely remotely. I'm not near any of my cities right now. I'm in Los Angeles and we don't do tours there. So when I do check in with them, that's the most rewarding is seeing how their experience is, because that used to be me there. I want to yeah. make sure it's keeping up the same way, the same feeling I would get with those customers. So when you're hiring tour guides, what are you looking for? Really, it's mostly enthusiasm. I think a lot of, whether it's history or art, a lot of stuff that can be, you know, can be taught or learned if you have a passion for it. It's really about being good with people. And that's what I learned very, very well on uh, early on. Guiding is more about reading your audience. Yes, And uh, since we only do small, very small semi-private tours, eight or less guests or private tours, it's a lot easier for them to do so. And uh, without the use of headsets, unless we have a large group for some reason yeah. that have booked, you find it's just really like a conversation and a real experience that you're sharing with someone at the time, not yeah. just like a lecture on feet. That's always been our policy.
1: So, when you're interviewing, cause this is a question we get a lot from our listeners, is, you know, Interviewing is a very tricky skill, isn't it? And you're interviewing it to a guide, not for you know academic pieces of paper and qualification, but to assess for passion. How do you go about, because you know, in an interview, everyone can kind of say they're passionate and be a bit passionate. Do you have any tips on how you really find out how passionate they are? I'm gonna
0: pass the, the the mic to my associate here, Dario, because he really is more handling that uh, okay. today, and he's more on the ground. Uh, so he can do face-to-face, yeah. face, whereas I'll do Skype, That's and maybe fine. he'll follow up, yeah. so. No problem.
1: Welcome, Dario.
2: Hi, Jane. how are you doing? Uh, good. Thank you. Uh, so regarding the interviews and that particular question, uh, there's a lot that is done over the phone. It's, it's really difficult to gauge the quality of the guy that you're talking to and the passion, I think, you get it through a few tricky questions you can ask them. Yes. They're all freelancers, so they all work with different companies. So first of all, asking which companies, and you have already an idea what that company wants and what they are striving for, so if it's a good company. I tend to throw out a couple of jokes in the middle and see if they laugh, if they react to it, if they follow it up a little bit to see how good they are interacting with people. Always I tell them that I forget their CV and their email, so give me a reminder of how the the whole experience went. So they tell me the story. If they tell me the story right, then they can basically give it to work. Then after that, it's a 50-50 chance or more of an experience part of like just hearing the voice, if it sounds clear or not, if they pronounce well. Uh, ask them a couple of questions about one tour, if they know some of the history, and if they go on and tell you more of the story, even if they don't have to, that they're passionate about telling you that story. Uh, It's a few tricks there that I do automatically, I think, because of doing so many interviews. I used to have a list of questions. Right now, they're just burned in my brain. I just ask them uh, without even thinking, really.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. No problem what can you do with your reservation software take online bookings and payment manage your inventory automate processes and
0: view reports and insights yeah of course but can you also send digital waivers build a stunning website and get help around the clock what about optimize your booking channels diversify your distribution use your favorite tools and choose your pricing model With CheckFront, you can. One booking platform, limitless possibilities.
1: Find out more at CheckFront.com. Looking at your distribution mix, what percentage of your business is OTA versus direct?
0: Where are you getting most of your business from? So definitely OTAs, the majority, which uh, a lot of people maybe complain about or have reservations with. But like I said, they... They kind of made us who we are, so I'm totally happy about that, and not really against working with any of them as long as they can work with API because we're so busy and have so many markets and tours that if it's not connected automatically, it's it's more and more difficult. And so some will give some chance to test out manually if we have to to start, but that's that's the key. Uh, Websites picking up. There's ups and downs. Like today on the way here, I was just very surprised. Like most of our bookings, we're on the website. I'm like, that's great. You know, it's it's just it is picking up, but then. All those blanks get filled in with the OTAs, and we couldn't do it without their help. Which booking platform are you guys using? We we started with Peak. Yeah. Originally, I think it was one of, the, one of their first, their first for sure in Paris, maybe Europe, and was so happy and loved them very much. But in the end, it uh, for what we did not our needs at the time, and uh, it's funny enough, when we first met, I don't know if you remember, was at the first arrival? Yes. And I said, oh, what's her name? The head of Peak. Ru- Shana? Ru- yeah, there you go. And I, I said, you guys have to talk because they wouldn't weren't yeah. at the time connecting with get your guy yeah. and we were getting so many manual bookings that in the end it was actually that uh that was the choice that we made to move to fair harbor because at that time peak was only with uh, viator and fair harbor was so many other otas and we just needed that right away we were pulling yeah. our hair out doing manual bookings uh so now everyone's working with everyone but at yeah. the time it was a need for us so we we're very comfortable and i don't think i'd ever change again yeah <laughs> if I, <laughs> it would be very difficult just because we're, it's, it was such a process that was really trying and I grew a lot of gray hairs, certainly from that experience.
1: Sure. What keeps you awake at
0: night? <laughs> that would be different, probably for both both of us. Yeah, probably the phone. Uh, um, we're in different time zones, so the phone right. gets tricky. Yeah.
1: I um, mean, what
0: worries you? What? I mean,
1: oh, I, I, your I'm
0: beyond worry. It's really I, I get you know kind of caught up in, in better systems. We talk a lot yeah. about systems, and I think people understand that we have a very small organization. Very, I mean, big as far as numbers and, and cities and tours. But we really, uh, besides Dario and me, we have a few interns, I have like an assistant, yeah. but we don't, we keep it small. So I really want to make things most efficient. And we learned that efficiency is the key to not, you know, spending where you don't need to spend or, you know, wasting time. So we kind of think of new systems all the time. And all, yeah. every time we're together, which is not that often, we talk on the phone every day probably, but, you know, face-to-face, we kind of get these ideas, bounce different ways of being more efficient. And, and that's w- what keeps me up. And for him, I'm sure it's uh, something else, but... <laughs>
2: Um, no, no, it's the same same thing. But as well, I run the operations with the tickets, and tickets are yet not integrated to any sort of system. Right. And when you get a booking at four a.m. for a Louvre tour at ten a.m. <sighs> and you know how those tickets go, they need a name, they need a date, they yeah. need a time, and you need to send them to a guide. And those are things that I wake up in a bit of stress when I am in high season. Yes. Here in Orlando, I wake up at five a.m. every day because I have calls that are ten a.m. in Paris. Those kind of things, but um, I guess it comes out to the same thing, which is the systems. Yeah. Um, I wish the market would go towards what uh, airlines have as technology, not only for pricing, but integration for different systems where life is much easier in those interactions with the customer and with the time zones as well. Yes. Right now, I think we're bounded on LA and Paris. We have that nine hour. Yeah, it's difference. Brutal. Yeah, which is is great for us because we do we do the twenty four hour clock, the yeah. two of us. But at the same time, if we move from the cities, yeah, we need to think about time zones. Yes. It's not much of if it, it's a beach or <laughs> yeah. It's like, where am I going to get the calls and what time?
1: You see, I'm loving these espresso interviews, but now I want to go deeper. So would you two be interested in coming back on the show? We can have a deep dive on your
0: business. I've got so many questions to, to ask you. I've been looking forward to it. You have yet to reach out. Fantastic. I will do. I will do. I know I will you will. I, know what, you will. I enjoy your show very much and I can't wait to, to be a part of it. I think it's a great, great thing you have going. I appreciate And very that. professional. Thank you. Which a lot that I hear are not. And I like it, you know, when it comes down to even the sound quality and it bothers me as a podcast, avid podcast listener. So I I really appreciate what you're doing. And it's wonderful for our our group here, which is growing. I'm very lucky to have a a
1: good editor called Carrie, who will be editing this episode. And she works very hard on making it sound sweet. It's appreciated. And where can people find your tours? Uh,
0: BabylonTours.com. Fantastic. Merci beaucoup. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the
2: resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.